Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Thursday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. So glad that you're joining us today. Man, what an exciting study that we are going through today. We're talking about aha moments. And I love that word, aha, A-H-A. It's a sudden understanding, a recognition, or a resolution. Now, listen, we always have these aha moments. They don't come every day, but they come often. And it's kind of like this awakening opportunity where you honestly can make some changes and you have some actions in your life that are different. And so we're talking about aha moments today using the story of the prodigal son. Now, if you missed yesterday's broadcast, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. And uh, you can listen to that again. If you missed the first part of the message, that kind of set the stage for today's second part of the message. And, uh, you know, every story has a beginning. And oftentimes, we get so caught up in the end of the story that we forget the beginning. Uh, Yesterday, we talked about the fact that we are looking at the prodigal son, and and we looked at three reasons why a prodigal would actually leave the father's house. I mean, the guy kind of had it made where he was, but we discovered there's three reasons why we would leave a father's house. Number one is what we would call instant gratification. I want it now, right? I was not willing to wait. And I remember many years ago when our church was first started, uh, we were meeting at the Hickory Verdict Club. And uh, we had to clean the building every week. We had to set up every week. And we had to tear on on every week. And it was a lot of work. I mean, you had to set up sound systems and nurseries and classrooms. And and, uh, I tell you what, it was a a major undertaking. And uh, each week, it would take us several hours. And and for for seven years, we did this. And we tore things on, cleaned it up, put it back together and all that. And it it was a long process. I mean, even things like putting out the church sign every week. And uh, every week, there was just a whole list of things that we had to do to get ready for service. And and I remember uh, saying, man, it'd be neat if we just instantly be done with this. Uh, But we just were patient. And we waited and we waited and waited. And in due time, God provided us a beautiful 35-acre lot of land and a beautiful building, and we're so just blessed right now. Uh, Now I go to church. I don't worry about setting anything up. Everything's already done ahead of time, and uh, and it's such a blessing, right? But we had to wait, right? Good things come to those who wait, uh, not to those who hesitate, but sometimes you just got to wait on the Lord and realize that He will bring promotion about in His time. Uh, The second reason why people will leave the Father's house is because and they think they deserve it, right? It's this entitlement mindset that I deserve this. And so we discovered that that's what happened with that prodigal son. He said, man, I'm tired of uh, of doing what I'm supposed to do. I deserve a break. I deserve something in return for my labor. So he, he goes off and he does his own thing. And then the third thing that we kind of closed the broadcast off with yesterday is the mindset of I can do it better on my own, right? Now, many years ago, uh, there was a, a young man who came to our church. He was very talented. Uh, he helped with our worship team. He had a, had a lot of good ideas, and, uh, and and to be honest, they were some of the ideas were really good. And it helped us as a congregation to transition. And uh, we were going from canned music to live worship, and we needed some help to do it. Okay, but after several months, uh, this man started to turn the focus from what was best for the church to what was best for him. And he found uh, some other people uh, from another church that uh, kind of uh, idolized this guy, and 
and and uh, they, they find some people that kind of had the same feelings that he did, and and so somehow they they got together, and and, and over several months, this man's attitude began to sour, and. And, uh, and got together with some other people, and they felt like, you know, nobody's doing things right at their church or our church. And, and so they said, well, the best thing for us to do is is to go ahead and we're going to launch our own church, and we're going to do it the right way because uh, these two churches that we were involved in, uh, neither one of them got it right. And, and so uh, this all happened. It was around Easter many years ago, and uh, they had a big event. And uh, they had helicopter coming in and dropping hundreds of Easter eggs. They had bounce houses and and huge prize giveaways. I mean, they were giving away iPads and they were giving away um, all these big ticket items. And and uh, and the church services had smoke machines and and lots of excitement and loud music. And 400 people attended their Easter service. They had figured out how to draw a crowd. However, the Sunday after Easter, only 50 people attended. And within a few months, they closed their doors. Uh, They thought they could do it better their own way. Uh, You know, what attitude is it in your life that is causing you to want to leave the Father's house? You know, living life in the Father's house, in the eyes of the prodigal son, was all about being a slave. The Apostle Paul uses this language frequently. He, He says that we are a slave to Christ. Right? We, we don't even like that term, do we? A slave has resigned all rights, all claims to power, all decision-making. We as slaves of righteousness have surrendered to God. We don't get to call the shots. He does. He's the king. But here's one of the most fascinating things about God. Just like the father in the story, he'll let us make those statements and walk away. It's not that he likes it when we do it. And it's not that he couldn't do anything to stop it. But God is God who allows us to choose him or choose to leave him. And a lot of us at one time or another, or maybe not right now, but one time or another, have said one of these statements to the Father and walked away. Here's the first one. It starts off as a little request, a little control, a a little harmless pleasure. Uh, You're not trying to tell God he has no place in your life. But you just want to try it this one time. Or how about this statement? You're not trying to tell God he's not your number one in your life, but can't there be a close second? Or or how about this statement? Uh, You're not trying to tell God that he was wrong about marriage, but don't you deserve to be a little happier? Or or what about this statement? Are you not trying to tell God you want nothing to do with him? But it's just silly to give money to the church when your friends are driving brand new luxury cars. You may not have intended to tell God we wish he was dead, but that's exactly what we're saying. And here's the truth. We've all left the Father's house at one time or another. It's not so much a question of whether or not you left, not so much a question of what excuse you used when you leave. It's more a question of whether or not you're going to go back. Because the beginning of the story can give us a hint to the end. The story began with the father's house. Nothing was lacking. Nothing was missing. Everything was provided. The story could end there too. It doesn't matter why you wanted to leave. What matters is whether or not you come back home. And that's what AHA is all about. So maybe an AHA story is beginning for you today. It's time to come home. As you think about coming home, 
How does a father view me when I become a rebel? When my heart is filled with rebellion, how does the father view me? Well, I think the father views us and he regrets it. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says, Godly sorrow brings about repentance that leads to salvation, and it leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings about death. You see, God the Father, when He sees us rebel, He takes our regret, and He turns it into our salvation. He takes our regret. He takes our mess. He takes our terrible decisions. And he turns them around. Oh, yeah, he regrets that we've done it. But he doesn't allow us to stay in that regret. Godly sorrow brings about repentance that leaves no regret. You see, it begins with repentance. That prodigal son, he had to come to his senses. He had to realize that he was a rebel. And he finds himself in this pig pen. Can you imagine a Jewish boy, a young man, living in a pig pen? dealing with an unclean animal, about to starve to death. He has this aha moment. He says, you know what? My father's servants have it better than I do. He realizes that he was a rebel and that he left the father's house with a rebellious spirit. And now he regrets it and he wants to go back. He wants to go back home, not as a son, but as a servant. Now that right there is very profound because this son thought he was being treated as a slave, so he left. Now he's willing to come back as a slave because he realizes that even as a slave, he's better off in the father's house. Well, there's a second thing that God views, and he views our return, and he views our return, and he runs to us. Zechariah 1.3 says, Therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. I love that verse, right? Here we see that the prodigal is now coming home. The father sees him a great way off, and he runs to him. Now, the father didn't run to him while the son was in the pig pen. The son had to come to his senses, leave the pig pen, and start heading home, and the father meets him on the way. And I love to see Old people run. I think it's hilarious. My kids laugh at me when they see me running. I don't run very often, right? But occasionally I will run a little bit. And, and it is. It's funny. The older you get, the funnier it is when you are running. And, and, and I get in my mind this father. And he's looking out. And he's been looking for his son every single day to come home. And, and he looks out. And he sees that silhouette of his son at a great distance away. And, and he hikes up his robe, uh, which is something that is unheard of in that culture. A man of his stature would never show his legs, never run after anybody. He had servants to run after people, but he hikes up the robe and he runs after the son. And the reason he runs after his son, because his son is coming home and he's unconcerned about being dignified. He's unconcerned with what is culturally acceptable. And he goes after his son. This brokenhearted father goes and runs after his son and he meets his son. But he does one other thing. We learn that he also, when that son repents, he restores that son. He restores us when we repent. In Jeremiah 15, 19, it says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent. Now, repentance is a a change of mind, a change of heart that leads to a change of direction. 
Jeremiah says that if we repent, recording what the Lord says, if we repent, God will restore to you so that you may serve him. If you are utterly worthy, not worthless, words will be my spokesman. Now, I know the the wording is awkward in that verse, but Jeremiah is reminding that the Lord is saying, if you repent, you will be restored as a servant. You will become worthy. You were worthless, but now you're worthy. Now you can not only be worthy, but you can also be my spokesman. You can speak on my behalf. You can share a testimony of how your life was changed so that others can be restored. Jeremiah 17, 14 puts it this way. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. In other words, when we repent, he restores us, and we can't help but praise him. Hosea 6, 1 says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, that he may heal us. He has struck us down, so that he may bind us up. Oh, don't you love that? The fact that God has allowed us to be torn apart, allowed us to be broken down, allowed us to be entering into this pig pen, all so that he can heal us up. He has allowed us to be struck down so that he can bind us up and build us up. Now, I think an important factor to remember in this story is that we must make allowances for each other's faults, says Paul. We must forgive anyone who offends us. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Maybe today is your day of an aha moment. Maybe today you say, I'm coming home. Things are going to be different when I get to my house today. Uh, Here's a prayer that might help you as you transition into this journey and coming home. The prayer goes like this, Father, I I confess my desire for instant gratification. I confess my need to be in control. I confess my feelings of bitterness. Thank you for understanding my weakness. Thank you for dying for my sins and welcoming me back home. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe today you've got somebody that you know that needs to have an aha moment. Your heart is broken for them. Maybe you're that father that is waiting for that son to come home. Oh, I I promise you, with time, he will come home. I have a prayer, and I want you to pray in just a moment. But before I do that, I want to share uh, the aha moment that my teenage son had many years ago. Uh, We are blessed with five beautiful children, and I'm so proud of all of my children. God has blessed us with uh, one perfect child. That's my daughter, and and then four boys. And our children are uh, thankfully all healthy. We do have one that has autism, and I've told you often about Seth. And as a matter of fact, as I'm doing this broadcast, uh, we are preparing to take him back up to Connecticut. I will have spent uh, four to six weeks in a in a hospital so that that he can become stabilized. His, his health's kind of all over right now. But uh, pray for my dear son Seth. But my oldest son. Uh, his name is Tyler, and in two weeks, he's getting married, and he's married one of the young ladies who's on our on our worship team, and, and he's doing well right now. I'm so proud of what the Lord has done in his life. He has grown up to a, become a very mature young man, and 
has got a really good job, works right here in the, in the Hampton Roads area. And any of you happen to know Commonwealth Materials, uh, good uh, friends of ours who work there, and, and uh, Commonwealth Building Materials, a uh, great company. They're all throughout the Hampton Roads area. If you're in construction uh, and building houses and building buildings, uh, you probably have heard of this company. Well, my son's worked for this company now for many years, but his life hasn't always been uh, where it needed to be. When he was a young man, he he started drinking, and uh, he started going down that path of a prodigal son. And and I remember one early morning at 2 o'clock in the morning, I got a call, and the police department said, uh, uh, we have your son, and uh, we wanted to know if you're going to come get him or whether or not we should go ahead and and, uh, and arrest him and put him in, into jail uh, for the evening. And I said, well, I will come get him. And I found out where he was and uh, brought him home. And, uh, and and we we prayed with him, and we were hoping that he would make some some better choices for his life. But this path continued to digress, and and it finally got to the point where we had to say, "Well, uh, I'm sorry, you can no longer live with us, and you're going to have to move on, and uh, we can't have you living here." And and it was just a heartbreaking uh, experience to go through, and and no parent wants to go through that uh, that time, and and we were just heartbroken, and. And then one day, out of the blue, my, my son called me and he said, well, Dad, I'm, I'm going to the beach. I'm going down to Myrtle Beach and I'm going to spend a day, uh, a week down there with some friends. And and I said, well, Tyler, you know, you're, you're not living with us and, and you can make your own decision. But I think it, it's it's really a bad a choice that you're making. And, and I, I would ask you to reconsider, uh, you know, why don't you stay here and and uh, and don't, don't go down there. And, and I, I figured he was going to go down there and it's just going to be up a wild party week, and, and I was afraid that he would make some really bad choices there. And I tried to convince him not to go, but he said, no, uh, I'm going, Dad. I don't care. I just wanted to let you know where I am, and, but I'm leaving. And he, and he left, and, and he's down there at Myrtle Beach, and he's spending time in Myrtle Beach. And, and one morning, and, and it's very early in the morning, and he and his friends have spent the night partying. He's walking up and down Myrtle Beach, and, and there's a man there, a young man from West Virginia. And this guy starts talking to my son and starts sharing uh, the gospel with my son. And my son says, well, you know, I don't need to hear this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, and my dad's a pastor, and uh, I don't need to hear this stuff. I, I'm okay with the Lord, and, and uh, I'm a Christian, and, and I don't need to hear this. And, and this man who was sharing the gospel said to my son, you know, you call yourself a Christian. But, you know, you, you sure could have fooled me. And with those words, it, it hit my son. Uh, he had what I would call his aha moment. And as a result of that aha moment, he decided to come on home. Uh, he called me and, and said he wanted to talk to me in person. And, and when I got that call, I said, oh, man, I wonder what, uh, what I need to do to help him uh, get out of the trouble he has found himself in. And I thought for sure uh, that he was calling me to say, uh, can you post bail? Can you get me out of jail? Can you help me get out of this fix? Uh, but that wasn't the case. He says, uh, he says, Dad, I, I want to come home and I want to, I want to talk to you. And uh, I said, Well, you know, we're home. And and uh, I said, Probably take you a while to get here. He said, Well, no, no, I'm, I'm right here. Uh, he was, uh, he was in the, at the church, and we have a little basketball court on the on the side of the church outside out there shooting baskets. And he says, I, I thought you guys would be here uh, at the church today because uh, uh, it's Seth's birthday and. He said, I thought we'd be here having a birthday party. I said, well, we are. We are having a birthday party for Seth, but we're, we're at home. We're not at the church. And I said, well, come on home, Tyler. And he came home and went into the little side room uh, that he had used at his bedroom uh, there at the house and sat down with me and, and apologized. 
And and it said, Dad, I I made a mess of my life, and and I want to get on the right track, and I want to do the right thing, and and uh, and I want to get back into the right track, and apologize to me. And he had a house full of family there, and apologized to his to his nieces, and to his uh, nephews, and to his cousins, and to his mamma, and to his and his papa. And and I got so excited about this prodigal son that has come home. I I went to Lifeway. That's when Lifeway was still here, and and got Bibles for everybody and put their names on it. Uh, because this, my son, was home. He was lost, but now he is found. He was dead, but now he is alive. You know, a lot of things happened behind that story. I had a group of people that were praying. Maybe you're listening to me and you have a prodigal child in your life. Somebody that you really love that needs to have an aha moment. Would you fervently pray for that person? And would you take it another level? Would you find a group of people that will pray for that person? You know, every Thursday morning at 5 a.m. through a conference call, I pray for people. Maybe you have a prodigal in your life that you'd like us to pray for. I'm going to give you my cell phone number. You can text me the number of a person that you want us to pray for. My cell phone number is 252-267-2365. If you have a prodigal that you want us to pray for, I will pray for that prodigal by name. I will get our Thursday morning prayer team praying for that person by name, 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Thursday. 252-267-2367. Shoot me a text. You know what helped my son? I had a group of people praying for him. We used to do this prayer meeting at the church every Thursday morning from 5 to 7, but then COVID hit us. We had to come up with a different plan, and we now do it through a conference call. We found that it works out really good because people can call in as they're driving to work on this conference call. They can pray with us wherever they are. Uh, They can't leave their home. They can pray from home. They can pray from wherever they are because our cell phones are wherever we are, and we pray for an hour. I would love to pray for the prodigal that's in your life. I would encourage you to pray and get a team praying for that person. Uh, Maybe a simple prayer like this, Lord, somebody I really love needs an aha moment. Will you help them to experience it? Would you allow them to come to their senses and come home? In Jesus' name, amen. Pray that believing, right? Pray believing without a doubt. You know, God wants your prodigal to come home even more than you want your prodigal to come home. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, says James. As you pray, begin your prayer by saying, Lord, would you do some inventory in me? Maybe there's something in my life that is hindering my prayer. You know, if you're not getting along with your spouse, Peter says that if you're a husband, that your prayers are being hindered because you're not getting along with your wife. If you have a sin in your life, If I regard iniquity in my heart, says David, the Lord's not going to hear me. That's why when we pray, a large part of our prayer should be times of confession. And we don't have to worry about the big sins, right? The big sins are going to catch us, right? The big sins are going to tear us down. It's the little vines that the foxes get, right? It's those little unchecked sins that get us into big trouble because they lead to the bigger things. How about how you're thinking today? Are you thinking thoughts of righteousness, or are you at aught with a brother or sister in Christ, and you wonder why you have no traction in your prayer life? It's because there's sin that needs to be repented. Uh, we're told that we're to take every thought and capture it, right? Capture that thought 
and make it obedient to Christ. Every thought that flows through your mind is not a valid thought or is not an honorable thought. Just because it runs through your mind doesn't mean you need to continue to think about it and continue to to dwell on it. You capture that thought, you make it obedient to Christ. Just because something runs through your mind doesn't mean it has to come out your tongue. I know sometimes I used to say, well, I tell it like it is, right? And, and, and I discovered a lot of times I was telling it like it is because I didn't want to hear it like it is. I thought I'd overpower somebody by telling them their problem, and then it would not give them a chance to talk about my problem. Oh, I want you to know, capture every thought. Make it obedient to Christ. You'll discover that you have a whole new level of inspiration to your prayer life. I want to encourage you today. Be a person who prays. Pray fervently. And God will allow you to have blessings beyond all comprehension. Well, maybe today you've got a struggle. You know, I think my favorite ministry at Hickory Ridge Community Church is Celebrate Recovery. I talk talk about it a lot because it is a ministry that is designed to help you get past your hurts, past your habits, past your hangups. Why don't you come join us Sunday night for Celebrate Recovery at 6 o'clock? Six o'clock every single Sunday night. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday. It doesn't matter if the weather's bad. I mean, it's got to be real bad for us to cancel. If we have a big snowstorm, you can't get there, then we'll cancel it. But uh, we have Celebrate Recovery on holiday weekends. We just constantly have it because we realize that the importance of consistency in our lives is what's going to make a difference. If you need a place to come worship, why don't you join us Sunday morning, 9 a.m. or 1030. If you need a good group of people to study God's word with, why don't you come on Wednesday night? We do a powerful Bible study on Wednesday night. And while you're doing the Bible study, your children can be in Awana or in our youth ministry. And uh, join us Wednesday night at 6.30. We'd love to have you come. Listen, there's a place for you to serve at Hickory Ridge Community Church. There's a place for you to worship at Hickory Ridge Community Church. There's a place for you to be at home at Hickory Ridge Community Church. Why don't you come on and join us? And thank you so much for listening to this broadcast. I'm going to give you my cell phone number one more time, 252-267-2365. Give me a call, shoot me a text if I can help you. God bless you. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.